welcome to It Starts With A Click. I'm Olivia Bossett, fashion photographer and educator, and this is a podcast for fashion photographers looking to build their business on their own terms. Hello everyone, how are you? I hope you've had a lovely week since I last spoke to you. Uh, Today's episode is a solo show, and it's actually one that I did in my private Facebook group, which is called Fashion Photography with Olivia Bossert. Uh, I did a live in the group last week, talking all about how to be successful in a small town. And to kill two birds with one stone, as they say, I thought I would record the audio of my live for the podcast so that you can a learn from what I was sharing in the group but also get an idea of what I talk about and what the lives are like inside the group. I try to do lives like this at least once a month and they're generally like this quite in depth so if you enjoy listening to this episode then definitely come and join the group it is entirely free All you need to do is search for Fashion Photography with Olivia Bossert on Facebook or if you go on my Instagram or on my website, you'll find the links there Um, and then click join. And There are a few questions. I like to just make sure that the people who are joining are genuinely photographers and there are some rules I like to kind of keep stick to. Um, They're very, very simple. So no, don't feel put off by that. But um, yeah, come and join us there. The other thing I wanted to mention before we start the episode is that we're coming to the end of season two. I am only going to be doing 10 or 11 episodes this season and then I'm going to be taking a little bit of a break. Um, And if you don't remember, in the first two episodes, I mentioned that during season two, I'm going to be giving away a 30 minute coaching call to anyone who leaves a review on the podcast during the season. So if you haven't already and you would like to leave a review and be entered into the giveaway, then you still have a chance to do so. All you need to do is go onto the Apple Podcasts app, scroll down all the way to the bottom on my It Starts With A Click channel and then go to leave a review, write a little review, take a little screenshot of it and send me a clip of it on Instagram. I'm at Olivia Bossert, just so that I see that you've done it. And at the end of the season, I'm going to be doing a big draw of the hat and be entering everyone into a giveaway and one lucky person will win 30 minutes of coaching with me. So yeah, I hope that that sounds fun. If you haven't already done it, go and do it. And now I'm going to let you listen to the episode. Okay, so the first thing about working in a small town, so to give some context, I live currently in Cornwall, which is the southwest of the UK. Um, It's quite far from London, it's about five hours from London, Um, and that is basically in the UK, that is where the main bulk of the industry is. There are little pockets of it, but there are, the main bulk of the industry is in London. So when I um, first got started, I didn't think there was a way of being a fashion photographer from out here, but as I will explain, there has been no problem. So the first thing you need to know when you want to start working with fashion clients anywhere in the world, this this fits whether you're in London, whether you're in um, a small town in the middle of nowhere, whether you're in a smaller city, whatever it is, you need to know who you want to work for. And that sounds so obvious, but you would be surprised how many times I speak to photographers and I say, who's the dream client? And they go, I don't know, anyone. And that is not going to help you 
get very far. You need to have a very specific idea of who it is you want to work for. And um, in the marketing and business world, we call this an ideal client. So if you've ever read anything about business, you'll probably know a little bit about this. I do have a blog post on my website. If you go to Olivia Bossert education.com and type into the search bar in the blog ideal client or target client a blog post will come up and that is also um, there's a freebie that you can download in my free resource library which is basically a worksheet to help you figure out who your ideal client is and when I say who your ideal client is we need to get super in-depth like you need to know that client so well everything about them um, things like who they actually are. So who is the person you're speaking to at the brand? Is it um, a woman in her 30s because she's a marketing manager? Or like, who is that person? Um, Or are they an independent business owner? Are they someone who works for themselves? Are they just one man band kind of situation and she's sitting at home sewing her own clothes? Who is that person? You want to know who they sell to. So it's kind of like with fashion photography, it's a two tier thing. You need to know who you're actually working for in really great depth. So all the research about the brand, let's put that in, you know, let's say it's a brand um, or the small independent business. You need to know all about them, but then you also need to know all about their customers because in order to be able to appeal to them, you need to be able to tell them how you can help them serve their customers. So you're almost like a double layer of ideal client. So not only do I want you to spend time researching the clients you want to work for, I want you to spend time researching the clients that they sell to. And that will really help you figure out what kind of imagery you need to build into your portfolio. And if you don't do that, you'll end up shooting imagery that you kind of are guessing that your ideal clients will want to see or want to buy or pay you to do, but you'll never actually be sure until you've done this kind of work. And how do you do this kind of research? There's all kinds of ways. And again, I've said on my blog, there's um, a list there of questions you can ask yourself, but the main things you can be doing are going on the websites of the people who you wanna work for, the brands, the small business owners. And you can also be going on the Instagram profiles. You can Google search them. Um, One thing I love to do is type in um, something like interview with this brand. And you'd be surprised how often there are interviews out there with brand owners or anyone who's working for a brand because they want the press. And these are really good ways to learn about the business as a whole. Another place you can be doing this kind of research is websites like Business of Fashion. They have got huge databases. There's all kinds of information on there. Um, Old articles are really useful. I think at the moment, especially we should all be reading Business of Fashion every day anyway to be sort of keeping on top of what the industry is doing. That's what I'm doing. I literally read it every single day. I do subscribe as a BOF professional. Um, It's quite expensive, but I, I think it's worth it for at least for me. Um, so yeah, that's the first point is get to know the business you want to work for inside out, like really spend some time, go down rabbit holes. I love to just click around on websites, read blogs on websites, read the about pages on websites, just really go deep and then research the people who are behind the brands, you know, the, the founders, why they founded it, what they used to do before that. Go wild. You need to know brands super well. Okay. So How will that help you to um, nail clients in small towns? So essentially, if you know 
if you've done lots of research about the, the small brand you want to work for in your area, it means that you can then target them far more easily in your marketing, um, especially when you want to work with, let's say, um, there are, let's say you've got a, a business in your area that is a, a brand that's selling on shops on the high street, quite small, but it is selling. You can then start to target them through pitching. Or if you want to work with really just like one man band business owners, you'll know what kind of content to create for them as well. So that is why it's so important to know them. In terms of how to actually meet these kinds of people, so when you live in a small town, it it can be harder to know how to actually get in front of people. It doesn't make it easier in a city. I actually think that marketing in a small town is potentially easier than marketing in a big town or a big city because there's just so many more people in big cities. But the next thing you can be doing is going to networking events. Um, When I was just getting started in Cornwall, specifically in Falmouth, I, um, I didn't know anyone. Like I'm a foreigner, I'm from Switzerland, so I don't even come from here. And when you live in a rural area like I do, people tend to hire people they know much more than you would think. Um, so I was like, how am I going to forge my way into this industry where no one knows who I am? And the best way I found was to attend networking events. And I'm talking all kinds of networking events. It didn't have to be fashion photography related or fashion related or creativity related even. I just went to as many networking events as I possibly could to meet as many people as I possibly could. Because when you live in a small area, especially if it's rural, especially if it's a very close-knit community, you want to meet as many people and make friends with as many people as you can because word of mouth in those kinds of communities are the absolute best form of marketing you could ever have. So if you're not attending networking events yet, highly recommend you have a look. Um, I went to one years ago that was just a chamber of business thing. It was a filled with all kinds of different people from all different industries and I met a man at one of those events who ended up being really helpful to me in my career and introduced me to a lot of people and would recommend me for stuff all the time. It wasn't necessarily fashion work but it was work that got me started and got me off the ground and got my name out there so that when I met those people you know what it's it's it kind of like goes like a snowball effect and the more people you meet the more people they talk about to you you too so it just builds and builds and builds so networking is absolutely key to be successful in a small town um shooting with people in your community so no matter where you are in the world there will be people who are interested in shooting fashion and being part of a fashion kind of aesthetic just as you are so in that case you want to be testing all the time and you want to go on Instagram and you want to go and find people who are in your area who kind of have a similar vibe to you and ask them if they want to work with you and this can be free stuff like I shoot free content free editorials all the time when I can obviously I can't right now but normally I shoot something at least once a week and generally it's just with my friends in the area but I didn't know these people until I reached out to them So you need to be quite proactive about reaching out to the sort of community in your area um, and make friends and 
and start working with the makeup artists, the hairstylists, the stylists, if there are any, um, befriend the local um, shops. When I was really just getting started, like really, really early on, I went into one of the local boutiques and I spoke to the lady, explained who I was, and I asked if she would let me borrow some of her clothing for a shoot. And I said, in, in exchange, you can use the images on your social media. She had a really tiny shop with a really small little following online. And I know for a fact that she loved the images I gave her. And she spoke to a lot of her friends about my work. Um, so just never underestimate the power of community and working with people who live in your area because they will tell people about you as well. Especially people like makeup artists, hairstylists, they speak to people all the time. They probably meet a lot more people than you do. As photographers, we don't tend to see people as much if we're not um, out shooting. Makeup artists generally have quite a lot of smaller jobs, but they do more jobs than we do. So they speak to and meet a lot more people, especially hairstylists as well. So um, by becoming friends and knowing these people, they will more likely talk to people about you, for you, and spread the word that you're a photographer in the area and you're shooting with people and you want to help people. Um, I've written a point here which is identify the key players and build relationships with those people. So no matter where you are in the world, there are going to be people in your general area who are influencers and I'm not talking about influencers in the the way that we think of influencers these days like the Instagram people I'm talking about people who have some kind of local influence who are important and who get the respect of the other people and business in the area so that could be someone who is maybe a really good networker for example there's a, there's a, a man who lives locally to here who um is basically the connector in this in the area he knows everyone he organizes networking events and he's really kind really generous and he wants to connect people all the time and that's kind of what he does and I figured that out early on and I was like right okay I need to get on his radar I need him to know who I am so that if he see hears of anyone looking for a photographer I could be one of the people he thinks of so that's exactly what I did. I went to one of his network events. I, I introduced myself and asked him if he wanted to grab a coffee with me one day to so I could tell him who I was and explain what who I was. And because of the nature of who he was, he was more than happy to do that. And um, he had no connection to the fashion industry at all, but he knew everyone and he knew people who were. So that really helped. So that's an example, but there are other people as well. Like maybe there is a stylist or a makeup artist in your area who is really talented and who you can see is doing really good work and has, you know, a bit more influence. You want to befriend those people and get in in those circles with them so that they can help you to grow. And that is not a thing, you know, don't go at it as like, I need to be friends with that person and, and like be disgenuine about it. Be genuine about every relationship you want to build, have genuine interest in those people and how you can help them and you'll never go wrong. Um, but that's really, really helpful when you're living in a small community. Um, what is my next point? You're going to hate me for banging on about this, but it is develop a pitching strategy. I know I go on about pitching all the time, but it is because of how crucial it is 
even more so if you live in an area that is far away from the big fashion hub. So I'm going to give you a bit of background as to my story, as to how I figured this out by accident. If you don't know my story, about four, three and a half years ago, I was a wedding photographer. I, after my degree, I did a degree in fashion photography, took a bit of a break and then thought I wanted to go back into photography, but I just didn't see how there was any way I could possibly be a fashion photographer. So I decided I was going to do weddings and I spent a good year, year and a half marketing myself as a wedding photographer and I became quite well known in my local area as a wedding photographer and I hadn't even shot any real weddings yet so it was kind of crazy. I was literally just shooting styled shoots which are the wedding world's editorial. Um, Anyway, it's going really well and then I had my first wedding and I got there and I did the whole day and I just ended the day and I was like, I don't want to do this. This is not what I want to do with my life. I'm not going to work this hard to do something I don't love because being self-employed, working for yourself is hard work. It is not easy and you don't get into this because you want to slave away on something that you don't enjoy. I wanted to slave away at something that I absolutely love and I absolutely love this. So I went home after that wedding, had a freak out and was basically went to my boyfriend and said, I've made a terrible mistake. I don't want to be a wedding photographer. I'm so embarrassed. I don't know what to do. And he didn't really know what to say because he has no idea how to help in that situation. But I probably cried for two weeks thinking I was an idiot. And um, then one day I was like, right, I'm going to organize a shoot. I'm going to start planning a shoot for myself to add to my portfolio. It's going to be fun and exciting for me to do. So that's what I did. I started planning this shoot and I had this idea of shooting an editorial at a local beach with um, a friend of a friend who used to model for me quite a lot. She's a lovely girl and we used to work together all the time and um, a local makeup artist as well who was is one of my friends. And um, I realized that I needed clothes. So in the past I'd shot with clothes from that local shop I mentioned earlier but I didn't want to do that again I wanted to use something that was branded so that I could kind of get the attention of brands by tagging them on Instagram and then I remembered I had the email address of one of the brands I really really want to work for Um, I just happened to have it I had tagged them in an image on Instagram maybe six months previously and they had asked if they could reshare it and they'd asked me to send it to their marketing person and I had a direct email address of one of the girls on the marketing team. And I went and found the email address and I saved it and I put together a little mood board and I sent this girl an email saying very, very casually, I'm doing a shoot on this date with this girl, um, this makeup artist, Um, here's a mood board, would you be interested in sending me some clothes for me to use for it? Um, You are absolutely allowed to use the images on your social media and I would love to work with you. I sent this with absolutely no expectations and then within about five, ten minutes, it was so quick, that is not normal guys, um, I got a reply from her saying that she was really keen and she she would love to send me some clothes and I was just like, that has blown me away. Oh my god, how, how is it that easy? So what pursued was that I um, I did that shoot. They sent me a big bag, a big box of clothes, which we got to keep, by the way. It was like the best thing ever. Um, and they then used the images on their blog. 
and their website and their social media. They asked me to do a few other things for them. And then I got hired. So about six months down the line, they asked me to shoot for them on a recurring basis. So one monthly, and I was, I was on retainer with that brand every single month for six months. It was amazing. So what I'm getting at is, if you want to work with brands, no matter where you are, you can be pitching to them. So the reason this brand accepted working with me was because I had specifically chosen them. I knew that they needed the aesthetic of the area that I live in. So they want beaches, they want English countryside, they want that kind of look and I can provide them with that look. I also had portfolio images in my book already that kind of had that vibe. So I was able to send them a pitch and say, hey, I live down in an area where you would love to shoot, but because you're not based here, you can't always shoot here send me some clothes and I will shoot for you down here where I am and I'll be able to provide you with the images. And they loved that. So I carried on with that strategy. I ended up sending similar brands who had a similar aesthetic to that sort of country, British, English seaside vibe to them. And that's how I got all my first clients. I literally sent emails to brands that I thought needed the look of where I lived and my kind of photography and asked them if they wanted to work with me. And yeah, that required research. Like I had to sit there for probably a good month and with a notebook making notes about what this brand needed imagery wise, how they shot their campaigns in the past. Do they use photographers? Do they hire someone in house? Do they, what do they share on social media? What can I pitch them with? So after you've done that research, you should have a really good idea of how you can go in with an offer. And one of the things I always encourage with pitching is to, this is completely if you want to, this is how I've always done it, it's how I got my work and when people ask me how I got my work and how I started, this is the advice I give them and this is what I've done in the past. So if you don't feel comfortable doing this, that's absolutely fine, but this is what I did. I go in and offer a free shoot the first time. So I'll approach a brand and say, hey, um, I'm doing this shoot for my portfolio. Um, I would love to work with you and love to show you what I can do. Please, would you send me some clothes and I will take some images with your clothes for you and you can use them on your social media. I always make sure it's just social media because I don't want the images being used on newsletters or on websites because they're gonna make money off that, too much money off that. If it's just for social media, it's fine with me. So that is how I've done it. And pretty much every single brand that I did that with or have done that with in the past has ended up hiring me in some capacity. It's worked with Jules, it's worked with Crew Clothing, it's worked with Bowden, it's worked with East, it's worked with so many of the brands I work with. That is how I've got my work. So don't discount doing something free to start with, to get your foot in the door and to build your portfolio of brands. So many people ask me, how do I get brand names under my under my belt? Like I have no brands names. I can't approach a brand and say, hey, I've worked with this brand and this brand and this brand. The way you do that is shoot with um, clothing that looks like that brand or clothing of that brand that you already own or you borrow from people or you buy in return. Don't tell them I said that. Um, and then send it to them and show them what you can do. And then they will probably give you a chance, but you have to prove yourself a little bit and you have to come at them with an idea. Don't just go in and say, hey, I'd love to shoot something for you with nothing else. There needs to be some kind of mood board, a proposal of some kind to get them excited to do it. So if you wanna work with big brands, 
that is a really good way of doing it, even though you don't live near them. Um, and it also works with small brands. You can do exactly the same thing with the dressmaker down the road who might have really terrible imagery on her social media and you just want to show her what you could do for her if she hired you. So just bear that strategy in mind. It's really, really, really helpful. Um, the next point is very relevant to my newsletter coming out on Saturday. If you're listening to this as the podcast, it will be on the blog by now, so you can go and read it there. But, um, the important thing you can do as someone who's living in a small town is to build an email list. Um, I actually have an email list of my own but I don't send out emails to photographer uh, to businesses so much so the way I use my email list is as a mailer so once a month uh, sorry once a quarter I send a uh, email blank email to all the brands who I have on my database and it's basically like a portfolio update saying here's some of my new work um, I'd love to speak to you about working with you that's it That's very common in the commercial industry, but when you are wanting to work with smaller brands, let's say you're based in somewhere like me, like Falmouth, and you want to start working with small business owners in the southwest of the UK, what you can start doing is creating helpful content for them. So let's say content about why small brands should be investing in photography, why um, photography is so key after a pandemic, stuff like that. Writing blog posts of those natures and then asking them to join your email list at the end of those blog posts by giving them a little bit of an opt-in incentive. Um, Newsletters are super in-depth topics and I could go on and on and on and on about newsletters. But basically people don't sign up to email newsletters unless they have a kind of a good reason to. So it needs to be a bit of give and take. I'm knocking over my, my microphone. Um, give and take. So that what I mean by that is you create some kind of freebie. Let's say a checklist of some kind about uh, maybe a checklist on what to look for in your photographer. Something like that. It's free. They can download it. But in order to download it, they have to sign up to your email list. And that's a really easy way to build an email list. You can use Pinterest to put your opt-in freebie up on um, Facebook ads to share it as well. Huge topic. I won't go into too much depth, but that is the way you build your list. Then once you've got people on your list, you can email them once a month if that's something, or even once a week if you really feel like you've got the content. But the way that an email list works is it helps you to build the no like, and trust factor. And in marketing, no like, and trust is basically what you, um, it, it's how someone, a customer, a potential customer relates to you. So before someone's going to buy from you, they need to know you, they need to trust you, and they need to, need to like you. No like, and trust. I said it in the wrong order, but they need to know you, they need to like, and they need to trust you. Um, if they don't know you and like you and trust you, they're going to find it very hard to purchase anything from you. So email newsletters are amazing for building up that know, like and trust because you can show up consistently in their inbox with helpful tips, helpful information and a bit of information about you that reminds them who you are and such like that. Um, I was going to make something another, another point about that. I can't remember what it was now. Um, oh, Yes. The other reason newsletters are so good is because uh, so many people put all their eggs into Instagram and Facebook, 
But what they forget is that they don't actually own Instagram and Facebook. So what I mean is, if you have an Instagram profile and you have 2,000 followers and a 1,000 of those followers are small business owners in your area who could be potential clients. If something went wrong with your Instagram, maybe your Instagram gets hacked, it gets deleted, or Instagram as a whole dies, disappears, you have no more access to your potential customers. You have to start completely from scratch. Whereas if you build an email list, you have a database of people's emails which are yours. You do not have to lose that. Sure, your email service provider could go down, but you still have that list of emails. That is your information. That means that even if Instagram dies, even if Facebook disappears, whatever social media platform we use, you have a, excuse me, <laughs> you have a way of speaking to your potential clients. And that is why I think email lists are really good if you're wanting to work with small business owners. The reason I specify small business owners is you shouldn't be trying to build an email list of this kind for big businesses. We're talking the H&Ms, the Zara's, the Chanel's, even smaller than that, like big fashion brands that have maybe more than three people working for them. They are going to know already what you're sending them in an email. Um, It's almost a little bit condescending to send, uh, to add big brands to a list or almost ask brands to join a list like that because they don't need the content so really bear that in mind if you are wanting to build an email list keep it for people who are really at the start of their journey as a fashion brand maybe they're launching their first collection or they've only ever released like three t-shirts and they want to take it to the next level Um, a really good person you can follow for this kind of content is Elizabeth Stiles. She is, she's been on the podcast actually. She's a fashion brand consultant and she has a great podcast and great um, social media in general. And she talks all about small business and she helps small fashion brands in particular. So she's a really interesting person to follow if you are interested in working with brands that are not based necessarily in London. Um... Nikki, (laughs) yeah, you need to build an email list. We all need to build email lists. And I've got, uh, if you're part of my email list, you you will receive an email about email lists. That's like inception. But yeah, so look out for that on um, Saturday morning. And then my last point, because I've been blabbing on for almost half an hour already, is, um, let me just read my point. Oh yeah, offer more than just stills. I can't believe I'm saying this because not so long ago, I was a big adamant pusher of be the expert at one thing. However, if you heard my podcast with um, Holly McGlynn at the very start of the pandemic, so about six weeks ago, um, she and I were discussing how... Clients these days want more than just photography. They want someone who can provide them with video, with GIFs, with all kinds of things for the same kind of price. And I'm not suggesting you go out and now start shooting editorials and then filming fashion films and doing GIFs and giving it all to them for the price of the same thing. Like, that's mad. You shouldn't be doing that. But what I'm suggesting is go above and beyond for your clients. 
you want to surprise them with things that are gonna really like make them over the moon and wanna tell all their friends about you. And the way you can do that is by when you've done a shoot, adding in a little extra something that they don't really know they're gonna get. So one thing I like to do now is I make little gifts. I don't mention them when I'm working with the client. I don't mention them in the you know emails coming up at the start. I don't ever tell them, by the way, you're gonna get some gifts as well. What I do is I film a few videos, make some gifts at the end of a shoot, um, at, during a shoot. And at the end when I'm delivering the images, they get a little folder of gifts and they're not expecting those and it's quite fun. The other things you can do are um, start thinking about adding video to your um, to your rotation of things that you offer. Um, you'd be surprised how many people now want video. In the industry, the big thing that everyone is asking is, as a photographer, can you also do video? And it's frustrating because we spend all this time learning how to be great photographers and then when we get to it when we're good enough now they want to film as well but the reality is that the more you can offer these days as a single person to if you can offer multiple solutions to multiple problems that one client has you're going to be way better off and you're going to have a much higher chance of interesting them in working with you so yeah, go above and beyond. Think about things like, can you offer image banks? That's something that small businesses are really interested in. An image bank is basically a massive amount of images that they can use over the course of a year. And then they only have to do one shoot a year and update once a year rather than having to do multiple shoots per season. Maybe a, a fashion brand um, only actually has couple of pieces and they're not seasonal so they don't need to do as many shoots you could offer to create image banks for them of multiple images over the course of a while um, and just make it easy for people to hire you make sure that you've got you know your website set up make sure you've got a contact page that's easily usable make sure that on your contact page there is a type in box where you can fill out a box and a form on there and and send and your email address there as well add your phone number I know it's kind of annoying to have to add your phone number to the internet because I do get a few spammy calls but the last thing you want is someone landing on your email, on your website, sorry, and then really needing to contact you immediately and not being able to phone you in some way or shape or form. I, I know for a fact that people, especially art directors, if they can't phone someone quickly because they have a really quick question, they're going to move on. So make it easy to contact you, make it easy to hire you. Um, have everything in place you know when you're pitching when you're going into people make it pretty have templates done um, if you need to build templates and you don't really know how to make something look pretty a great website I can recommend is Canva I use Canva for all of my graphics because I'm a terrible graphic designer if it looks really professional it's because it's been designed by my best by my best friend Anna so um yeah make it easy to hire you that is one of my last points okay and that's where I'm gonna leave it so obviously at the end there I spoke to the people in the group for a little while and was present for some questions but you guys don't need to hear that bit so I've cut it off there um, before I leave you I just wanted to say that I hope you enjoyed listening to that and it gave you a little bit of insight into what you can expect inside the Facebook group so if you would like to come and join that then please do so it's fashion photography with Olivia Bossert and then I also wanted to remind you about leaving a review for the podcast 
if you would like to be entered into the giveaway for 30 minutes of coaching with me. It's entirely free. All you have to do is leave a review and that helps me rank better in the Apple podcast charts. And then lastly, all I want to let you know is that please remember you can sign up to my free pitching course on my website, oliviabossarteducation.com. There is actually a banner on the website at the moment, which makes it so easy to sign up for. If you've never done any pitching before, if you're wondering how to get into it, this is the best way to learn, especially right now when we're kind of starting to see the end of the pandemic-ish. I don't want to say end of the pandemic, but you know, things are looking like lockdowns are going to start being lifted and this is when brands are going to be starting to think about how they can get back into shooting. So now is when you want to start thinking about pitching. So this course will really help you get the foundations going and get you started with pitching. So if you want to sign up to that, oliviaborsetteducation.com. Okay, thank you so much for listening and I will see you next week. Bye!